Welcome back to Escape to the Magic Podcast. We're your hosts, and I'm Randy. I'm Dak. I'm Ryan. And today we are very excited to share with you the secret recipe for creating lasting Disney memories. Well, you know what's interesting, and we talked about this a little bit in, in, in the in the pre-show here, okay? But we're intentionally saying this is the secret recipe for creating memories, but but there's no such thing. Like, you can't just create memories. Right, Dak? Yeah, that's right. So my wife, I was telling her this is what our topic was going to be, and she's like, you can't just create a memory. It just happens spontaneously. It's one of those moments that just you know presents itself, and if you take advantage of it, it can become this, you know, this core memory, right? If we use a Disney reference, it becomes a core memory that just sticks with you. So yeah, you can't fabricate it, but you can certainly put yourself in the best position to be able to hopefully have some of those memories. Yeah. And I I think that's why we're going to call this the secret recipe, right? Because a recipe, like any good recipe, there's some ingredients and we're going to talk about creating a Disney memory. It's a magical memory. So you're going to need some very special ingredients and That's what we're going to do today. Yeah. And, and I think and I think that on our combined experience, we've got a lot of good data yeah. <laughs> upon which we can draw to say, hey, I know what it's what what it takes to get to that point. And I think these are like you said, these are unique to us. Everyone is different. Everyone's going to have their own experiences. But based on what we have experienced with our trips in past years. This is what we have found to work for us. And you see you see patterns in this. You see patterns. Right? I mean, and that's really what this comes down to. So we're going to talk about the secret recipe for creating lasting Disney memories. And our combined experience shows that there are some distinct patterns that if you can do these things, magical memories are going to follow. That's just how it works. <laughs> and you're not you're not fabricating it. You're not intentionally creating it. It's going to happen. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. Yeah, I like how you said that. Uh, so I got a review here that came across, and we always like to share our reviews, especially the good ones. So this is from... Well, hold up, hold up. We don't have any bad reviews <laughs> yet. Not yet. Uh, we're working on it. We'll see if we can uh, get some bad reviews out. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so this one came from Scott... D. Evans, and he says, these guys are a great listen. Makes me want to go to Disney. Love the pro tips these guys offer from their wealth of knowledge. No, thanks, Scott. Well, thank you, Scott. Yeah. I think I am pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like getting reviews like that because I think for me it signifies that we're doing something valuable. Yeah. Providing some value. Yeah, we we hope you guys are finding value in what we're sharing and and having fun and being entertained. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost for us, the desire to do this was uh, was brotherhood, kinship. You know, talking about the thing that we love, the premise of the show, escape to the magic. It's it's this is an outlet for us as well. But at the same time, we love to share with other people how it can be for them too. And and the value comes in just learning some new things, getting excited about things, um, thinking about whatever it is. So so yeah, I I love that. Thanks, Scott. That's uh, very encouraging. That maybe we're doing something. <laughs> maybe we're doing something all right. Yeah, thank you, Scott. So going back to our topic today, you know, I was at my daughter's tumbling class this past week, and I was had my laptop open, I was doing some work, and towards the end of the class. You know, these two moms that were sitting alongside me, I, I kind of overheard their conversation and I pulled out one of my my ear earpieces and started, you know, listening in and uh, didn't want to be um, intrusive into their conversation, but just was listening to one of the moms talk about a recent experience that she had at Disney. I'm just I'm just picturing this for a second. OK, I'm picturing <laughs> this. You know, it's like. It's like the dog on the floor and someone says the word walk and all of a sudden he pops his head. I'm like, what? Walk? Walk? And Ryan hears Disney and that AirPod pops out. He's like, Disney? What? What? Oh, it's, but that is so true for Yeah, me too. Everyone, every time, yeah. every time every I do time. that, I'm like, hey, what's going on over here? Yeah, every you know, time. I'm not going to necessarily insert myself in the conversation, but I am pretty curious as to where it's going to go. But but here's the, here's the difficult part is that when you hear these conversations and you hear people talking about the bad experiences mm-hmm. they, they've had at Disney. And this particular mom, I don't think her experience was bad. She just was talking about some things that 
she wished she would have known about before they went on her on their trip because and she was talking about I think parking was one of the issues not knowing how to use the Genie Plus mm-hmm. um, Lightning Lane. Um, so it just got me thinking about about this episode today. Like and you, Randy, you talked about it with the intro. You know, kind of maximizing the opportunities to create these these lasting memories. You know. They come organically, like Dak said. You can't you can't force a memory to happen, but you can put yourself in situations by planning, by thinking ahead, that will allow you to to really maximize those opportunities. So, can I? I'm just yeah. going to jump in real quick. And the other part of this is like, let's okay. So two parts. So first of all, let's be honest. Disney, if you don't know what you're doing with the way that Disney has created their system right now with reservations and lightning lanes and all these different programs and and ways that they are having people move through the parks now, it can be a frustrating process. So I think that leads me to the second part of my thought, which is not only are we going to talk about, you know, putting yourself in the best opportunity to have a core memory happen. That's all I'm going to call it. By the way. This is my core memory episode, but not only are you putting yourself in the best position to have a core memory, but also like what are some lookbacks for us that maybe we would have done a little bit differently, maybe even a regret of how we went through the parks and some of our previous trips and just things if we could go back. I think that's part of it is like, you know, listening to those moms in your scenario is, hey, if you could go back and do it again, what would you do differently? How would you approach it differently? So that I mean, that 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 would be my thought is like not only are we going to put you in a position to have some really positive memories, but also stay away from some pitfalls. Well, and so this, I think, is an important clarifier at this point. When we're talking about creating lasting memories. We're really focused on creating the lasting ones that you want to have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because you're going to create memories no matter what. The, you know, this this pair of moms, they obviously went through that and the memories they take away maybe aren't going to be the lasting ones they would have hoped for. Mm-hmm. They probably went thinking that they were going to create one thing and that's where the disappointment came in. They didn't come back with that same sort of same sort of, um, you know, images and, and, and experiences that they would say, oh, this was the trip I was thinking it was going to be. Instead, it was something very different. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to hopefully walk away with what you what you hope to take away from a trip. So I think uh don't mean to cut in on you, Ryan, but I think the key for our first tip or our first suggestion is, and we've talked about this on the show before, set the right expectations going in, right? And what did, I mean, what does that look like? Well, you know, what, what are the ages of your children? What are the, you know, hotel arrangements to food arrangements to cost expectations? Like there's so many factors that go into each individual family and what their needs are and what their plans are and what their budget is. And so just sitting down, how long you're in the parks, that's a that's an expectation, right? So just sit down and take a minute as a family and say, okay, or as a couple or how you know, whoever is going on this trip, and just have the real conversation of, hey, it's gonna be hot, it's gonna be expensive, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that, right? We're you know, kids are going to be sharing a bed if you're in a certain size hotel room. And what is that? You know, if they don't normally share a, a bed at home, what's that going to look like, you know, in a hotel room? And just, again, I think when you set the right expectation, right, then that that sets the stage for you to at least go in knowing, okay, we anticipated this. Let's let's move through it because you are going to have meltdowns. You are going to have moments where everybody gets tired. And so, I again, not you're talking about yourself. Right there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've I've listen. I've had more meltdowns than my kids <laughs> in the parks because. But they look a little different. They look a little different. Right. <laughs> OK. Like I, um, you know, after my mom, my mom, after my wife picks me up off of Main Street from throwing a temper tantrum, right? And I'm like laying on the ground, kicking and screaming because yeah, I wanted the ice cream. And- yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it it does. There's there's certainly been moments where I've just been like, I need a break from these people. 
And again, maybe sorry, that sorry, Dak. That sorry. goes into <laughs> that re- goes into that regret mode. Is like I don't want that to be my memory <clears throat> coming out of the parks. Is like this is because I, I think people go in with the expectation. Oh, this is going to be this family vacation, and we're going to all sing, you know. Kumbaya. Hakuna yeah. Matata as we... Oh, I guess you know, that's, that's yeah. what I should use. Man, I'm fired. Hakuna Matata <laughs> as we like stroll down Main Street and skip to the next ride. You know what? That's that's not the right expectation. You know what? And I'll say this. And this is, this is my personal opinion, but it's based off a lot of experiences. The single most important thing you can do for your trip is to set those expectations. And this works a couple of different ways. And I know we'll talk about this in a second, you know, in terms of planning and and being prepared. You know, sometimes they say, you know, if if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that is definitely true. But when it comes to managing those expectations, also know that it's okay if you don't plan. What I wouldn't want to have a listener take away is us saying, hey, you've got to over-prepare if you want to have a successful trip because that is not true. You can actually have an amazing trip and walk in with zero plan, zero prep if if you set your expectations up in the first place that, hey, I got no plan. Let's just see what happens. The problem with this is sometimes people don't take the time to plan and then they don't take the time to set the expectation that as a result of the lack of planning they're going to have a successful trip instead they think oh i can just walk in and do whatever i want it's going to be great they never ever got to the point where they were like hey i understand it's going to look what it's going to look like when i don't know what i'm doing okay so so this is super super important for anybody who's going and i don't care how seasoned you are you've got to set your expectations up based on where you're at and what you want to do, what your level of preparation is going to be. If you want to be and have a great detailed plan, that's awesome. That can help you. If you want to walk in without a plan, that's great too. That can help you. But only if you walk in saying, hey, I know where I'm at and where I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to accept what comes no matter what happens after that. That makes sense. Yeah. No, totally. And again, it just goes back to everybody is a little bit different, right? Um, it, it kind of always cracks me up when I see these questions being asked on Facebook and some of these other sites, you know, like, what should I do in this? Well, your scenario is different than the 150 people or thousand people that you're asking for them to give you input. Their experience was different than what your experience is going to be. And so, you know, your family, you know, you know, who you're bringing, what their needs are. So just again, take a step back and Set the, the right expectations with your family. And there are some specifics when it comes to those expectations. We've talked about this. Number one is like the weather. You know, if you don't like to get hot and sweaty, you probably should not plan your trip for July. Yep. That I mean, plain and simple. If you are coming from the northern states where it is a pleasant 85 degrees in the summertime and you come down to Florida for the first time and you're encountering the Florida humidity and the bugs and the 98 degree heat yeah. in the in the afternoon. Yep. It rains every single afternoon in Florida in the summer. And if you're not prepared for that, you will 99% walk away thinking this was the worst experience I've ever yeah. had. Yeah. Why did That's I right. come in July? If that is you, you probably should plan for a little cooler month, maybe yeah. January or February, maybe October, November, when the crowds yeah, and the Disney crowd calendar has shifted since the pandemic. Tremendously. It used to be that the busy time was the summer. Yeah. Everybody's out of school. Take the, take, not take the anymore. Not anymore. It is this off season that used to be where, you know, January, where the cooler months. But nowadays, Disney has also done a good job of really expanding their, their activities calendar. Yeah. You have cheer competitions. You have dance competitions. You have athletic events. You have festivals, food and wine art festival, uh, Halloween parties, Christmas parties. You have all these festivals and parties throughout the year that is really a year-round destination. So you kind of have to pick and choose. You're going to go, and it's going to be crowded. There are still some times that you can go where it's not going to be as crowded. You may have a few weeks here and there where you can go. The weather is going to be nice. But for the most part, more people are working from home now. They're able to take their kids. Well, Well, I'll just say this, and and you're, you're about to hit this. Once upon a time, 
We didn't take our kids out of school to go on vacation, right? Well, has that just gone out the, the window? The summer was vacation time. That's when families took vacation was the summertime. Now, parents are not afraid to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take them out for a week. Like, who does that? You know, a lot of people do that. That's the answer to that question now. Uh, we used to say, who does it? Who would take their kid out of school for a whole week to go on a vacation? Those are unexcused absences, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and now now it's shifted. I do want to hit this thing on the weather, though, for for a second, because um, and we'll again, we'll talk about some more of this when we talk about non-traditional trips uh, or what the non-traditional trip looks like. But, you know, this summer I took my two oldest sons and we went in July. And I tell you what, this is one of the best trips I've ever had. I mean, absolutely ever, ever had. We went to Florida in July. And the sun. By the way, y'all, if you haven't been there, you need to know this. This may not make sense to the science people, or maybe it does, but the sun is hotter there, okay? (laughs) It is hotter there. And I tell you what, it was ready to bake. But we went into this trip, my two oldest sons and I, we went into this trip knowing we were going in Florida in the summer. We were going to deal with rain. We were going to deal with extreme humidity. We were going to deal with extreme heat. And I can't tell you how amazing this trip was. Because we just knew what was going to happen when we went into it. There was there just wasn't a point where we sat back and said, gosh, it's so hot. Because when you plan for it to be hot, you just don't have those conversations. That's It's done. You've already gotten past it, right? But instead, when you start to focus your energy on the things that you didn't frame your expectations for, you start to zap the life out of your whole experience. I think, I think that, and this maybe can lead into our next part of our discussion is like kind of going off of what you're going off of as far as like unexpected circumstances that that happen and I think that again this is part of setting the right expectation is that unexpected things are going to happen one of my favorite memories going to Disney actually happened during a hurricane so again I think I've shared this before can't remember the name of the hurricane because so many come through Texas and Florida. But at any rate, uh, you know, one hurricane had just hit Texas. There was another one scheduled for the following weekend that we were heading into Florida. We had already booked our trip. The money was spent. It was just me and my two youngest daughters. And I went back and forth and back and forth on should we go? What You know, I did my research, come to find out. You know, the Florida or the Disney resorts in Florida are like bunkers. You know, they are just absolutely hurricane proof. And so I actually moved up my flight a day earlier to make sure that we beat the hurricane in. Got there, got settled in. People were losing their minds. Like (laughs) when when I talk about absolute chaos, when we got to the resort, because we were seeing the the outgoing crowd. And so they were frantic about yeah. getting out of there before the hurricane hit, which I understand. You know, we've mentioned this before. We're from Houston. We're comfortable with hurricanes. Not comfortable, but we're <laughs> used we've, to them. We've, we've lived, we've uh, lived, we've through, lived it, right? through them. You that's know, the best uh, way of saying Let's it. go back to this. We have expectations of what that's going to look know, like. Right. right. So people, so I get it. So people that were leaving the hotel and so forth, they were just petrified, right? Terrified of what this hurricane might bring. And so long story short, we get to the parks. Guys, I'm telling you when I have, I've never seen the parks as empty as what it was again, understandably. So we had a dinner reservation at the crystal palace. There was literally us. So me, my two daughters and one other family in the restaurant. It's a character meal. At the Crystal Palace. At the Crystal Palace, which is probably one of the busiest dinner reservations you can get. The character, it's a character meal. And so the characters are like Tigger, Winnie the Pooh, you know, those those types of characters. They were so bored and so <laughs> starving for interaction with people that Tigger came over to our table. And again, my, my girls are little. They're like six and seven. Tigger played with them for like 45 minutes, <laughs> never left our table. I have video on my phone of Tigger dancing with them and chasing them around the restaurant. It was one of the most magical 
unforgettable memories and moments that I have ever had at the parks. And it bloomed out of a scenario where most people would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe our trip is going to be ruined by this hurricane. Yeah. Well, I think that, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What? No, you're good. You're good. No, I think that goes to part of the preparation. And you might not think, and I, we don't want to make this a hurricane special, but. Well, and and by the way, I don't think, I don't think, Dak, I don't think you're advocating, hey, make sure you go no, during no, a hurricane. No, no, okay. no, I would. I don't, that's not the no, message here. I would here. not say, please plan your trip around. But if you think yeah. about in the 50-year history of the Walt Disney World Resort, up until that, I think that is either Hurricane Matthew or Irma, if I'm not mistaken. Up until that point, Disney World had closed, like closed for an entire day, maybe once, twice tops. They're centrally located in the state, right? They're not on the coast. That's besides the point. They are well prepared for bad weather. They're built for bad weather. They're not going to put their guests' lives in danger by keeping the park, their guests and their cast, their employees, their cast members. They're not going to keep the park open to just to make money. They will close it if they need to, but they have such great data they have good a good history with this that if they're gonna safely leave the park open they're gonna do it because of what you just said you can still create these magical memories and it may be pouring down buckets outside but for those that you know you know you can still go and have a great time yeah they they actually did close the park one day um which was fine. But again, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying as far as the experience and Disney caring about their guests. So we were we were confined to our resort. They brought in characters uh, to the resort. Uh, so we were staying at Art of Animation. Again, another another cool core memory is these these characters come in and we happen to be coming in the resort to get some breakfast or something like that. Right about the time that Jessie from Toy Story was showing up, she grabs my little one by the hand and walks around and parades her through the arcade there at the um, at the resort and just, man, it was amazing. Because again, I have a video of like this interaction with this character that would never have happened without the hurricane. That sounds so horrible to say, but um, man, it just... Again, it just goes to these untraditional moments that you think, oh, this is going to be awful. What are we going to do? And it turns out to be this amazing memory that you will you will have the rest of your life. Right? Yeah. That's your expectations. expectations. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just what it is. Know, know what you're going to get into when you get there. If, uh, you know, Ryan, you mentioned this when it comes and we're spending a lot of time talking about weather, but weather really does play a big. <laughs> it's one of the biggest it, factors it, it's that a people big, big factor consider. because because extreme heat, extreme cold, it it messes with people's emotions, with their tempers. And that's where things start to go off the rail. Right. Um, when you're unable to manage those sorts of things. If you know that you don't like humidity and heat, then guess what? Florida is not the place for you to go, but there's an amazing place on the other side of the country <laughs> oh, yeah. where you can you can have magical weather. Right. You know, in Southern California and and but have an amazing experience, too, because it's still Disney. And so that's just, you know, you want to look at those things as you go into it. I'll tell you this. We um, in all of our trips now, we've learned this. We pay we pay real close attention to the weather. We know what it's going to do on a given day especially when we go in summer months because we know that there's going to be a rain at a certain point, right? Um, sometimes we'll plan dining reservations around that weather event. I mean, you you can't be 100% on it, but usually if it's like, hey, it's going to rain at noon, that's a great time to go and get an, you know, an advanced dining reservation in a restaurant where you can take an hour or two hours and you can wait it out inside. But one of the things we also do is I bring an extra pair. I usually bring a pair of Crocs with me in the park and I'll get a locker to start the day and I'll stick my Crocs in the locker because when the rain comes in, I will go and I will swap my shoes out for these Crocs because now all of a sudden I don't have to worry about after the rain's gone, I've got soaked shoes and socks and stuff like that. It's it's little things like that where I knew this was going to happen. It's no big deal. We can move on. If you don't want to take shoes, though, and you know that it's going to happen, you say, hey, I don't mind having wet shoes. It won't be a big deal to you when that happens either, right? So this is where it all just comes right back to it. 
pro tip, you know, number one or whatever number you want to give it, manage your expectations, set them out before you go. It will pay dividends in the long run. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was I was thinking about this, too. You turned me on to this during our trip to Disneyland last year, which is the locker. Never had we ever done a locker before, but we've talked about the heat and the rain on the flip side of that coin in Florida yeah. and in California. You're going to get days where it's in the 30s. Yeah. And it's cold. And if you're going to try to manage that day, you need to have layers and layers. But at the same time, it may be 35 when you wake up in the morning and you're out the door heading to the yeah. park. And then by noon, it's 60 degrees. 60, and almost you, 70. And you want to be in shorts and yep. a t-shirt. What are you going to do with all that stuff? You put it in a locker. Yep. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I'm with Ryan on this. We had never gotten a locker. I remember the first couple of trips we went with you and you're like, I'm getting a locker. I'm like, Okay, dude, wasted 20 bucks or whatever it is to get a locker. Cheaper than that, it, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it, it was genius. Like, it was genius. Just to be able to have a spot where you could drop off a souvenir, a jacket, everything that we're talking about here. So, pro tip number 365 is yeah. get a locker. Get a locker. Get a locker. And and probably 365 is too high. Yeah. Like, we'll get there one day. Yeah. We'll get there one day, yeah. So, it's just such a big help to be able to, um, you know, manage what you're what you're carrying. Because you know, if you're anything like me, as the younger dad, you were the pack mule, right? Like you're my girls still joke around about that. Like I got coats hanging off me, bags hanging off me. I'm pushing the stroller. I am, I'm I am literally this. the exact opposite. I refuse to carry other people's stuff, <laughs> and that's actually why I started getting a locker because I don't want to carry anything, right? Yeah. Like. Um, when I'm in the park, I have my phone on me and that's pretty much it. Sometimes if I know I need to, I'll maybe put a, a credit card or something in a pocket, but I don't even carry a wallet around because everything's on my watch or my phone. They take Apple pay for, for everything you need or Google pay or whatever you need. They can do it. Um, I don't like to carry anything, but this is the thing, right? You know, you you get used to being, Something like that. And you're like, man, I need some freedom. Hey, guess what? There's a solution for that. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into, Ryan, let's get into some of these other uh, memories. and um, Yeah. And I think, too, we get oftentimes as, as you know, the three of us, not just the three of us, but our spouses and, and, and people that go to Disney often will usually get questions. Oh, I know that you like Disney. I need some advice. I need some tips. Here are some of the questions. You know, here's at least a few of the questions that that. I have received that my wife has received in the past. Number one, how young is too young to take your kids? It's a good question. I've heard people that do not want to go to the parks until their kids are older. And listen, that is your you know prerogative. You do what you feel is best for your family. I will tell you from personal experiences, taking our kids when they were uber young. I mean, our first trip as a family to the parks occurred when my wife was seven months pregnant. Now, disclaimer, you check with your doctor, <laughs> you know, about, you know, but Disney world and Disney, you know, Disney does such a great job. There are so many attractions available for those that are pregnant. Yeah. You don't have to do the roller coasters. You don't have to do the thrill rides. There are tons of other things that you can do to make that trip enjoyable. And my, yeah. and my wife in her own words has said, that that trip, when she was seven months pregnant, borderline miserable, was one of the best Disney trips we've ever had. Yeah. My youngest daughter at that time was, I think she was two, two and a half. My oldest was seven or eight. And that was a fantastic trip. Just because we didn't we didn't say, well, we're going to wait until this unborn baby is four years old. No, we were like, no, we're going to tackle this now. We're going to get our kids conditioned to go into the parks on a normal basis, getting them used to sitting in a stroller for mm -hmm. nine, 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So for us, that has been one of our core memories is going with small kids because they get to experience things. And I think, yeah, maybe they won't remember. You know, maybe the two-year-old is not going to remember meeting Minnie for the first time or meeting Elsa and Anna for the first time. But you as the parent, watching your little girl or boy go up to their favorite character and embrace them with a hug and you see the the the, the joy, the you know the, the smiles, the laughter from your kids. That is an unmistakable memory that you are making. And 
anyway. No, 100%. Getting all, getting all I mean, emotional over here. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm with you. That That is what got me. That is what got me. So our first trip, very first Disney trip, my wife tells me, hey, look, our, you know, our older daughter's seven, eight, nine years old. She's getting to that age where she's going to start to phase out of some of these princess, you know, modes and, and all of that. And then the other two were, you know, six and five or something like that. Or maybe it was five and four. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so she convinces me and I'm fighting her the whole way. The whole way through I'm fighting her. The cost, the this, the that of us going to Disney for the first time. And we get there and it's like day two. And one of my little girls runs up to Elsa, I think, because at that point, that's when Frozen had first dropped, uh, Frozen 1. And so we're we're there, and she sees Elsa, and she turns to me, and she's like, Dad, that's really her. That's really Elsa right there. And she's like, I can see, like, tears in her eyes starting to well up, and tears are in my eyes, and I'm starting <laughs> to well up, and I'm like, this is the greatest place ever, right? Like... It, it was so magical. I mean, it. Uh, the only other comparison I can give it is like when your kids see Santa for the first time at a mall or at some sort of Christmas thing, and they're like, they're looking at that character, that person, and they're like, he's real, right? Like he's, and it just becomes this moment where, yeah, I mean, I, I guarantee you my daughter does not remember that. I still do to this day. Yeah. And it, it, it flipped a switch um in me to where i just i'm like we got to come back here like i turned to my wife and i was like when can we book the next trip we're on day two of a five-day trip yeah and i'm like when can we come back we got to figure out when can we little come did back? she know that she opened pandora's she, box and- like that if we want to talk about regrets <laughs> that was the moment <laughs> that was the moment that my wife not she didn't know it but she just opened her biggest disney regret because she unleashed a monster of <laughs> Disney love that she had no idea what kind of storm was heading her way. And so, no, I'm my wife loves Disney, but just in her own words, she's not obsessed. And what that means is, but you are, (laughs) you are. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. So too young, I would say, you know, there's never too young. I would say you're building memories for you. And then the great thing about Disney is there'll be a day where they can build memories for them, right? Where they will be, eight, nine, 10, 11, and they'll start to remember some of these moments more than, than the two and three year old does. But man, you're building memories for you that are just, like you said, you, you, they're just these core memories that will never leave your mind. You don't need a picture to remind you of them. You don't need, you know, someone to bring it up. It just always in your head. You know, I just, I always go back to Walt's vision when he built Disneyland in the first place, right? And what he was trying to accomplish. And what he was trying to accomplish was this creation of memories with the family. He wanted a place where families could all go and and there could be something for everyone separately, together, however it was going to work, but where, where everyone could kind of be engaged on that level. You know, I grew up in Southern California going to Disneyland from a very, very young age. I do have some memories from from those those formative, formative years, right? Uh, and and some of them are distinct, including getting lost, um, you know, <laughs> which happened multiple times. There's there's great family stories about this. But, um, you know, and by the way, if you don't know this, when a child is lost at a Disney park, the child is not lost. It is the parent that is lost, right? So it's a parent lost and found. But, but um, I just remember that. And I remember the kindness of cast members being willing. I mean, I can picture some of the faces still in my mind of a person taking me by the hand to shepherd me to a place where I knew I'd be safe until Uncle Steve came to rescue me. Okay. (laughs) Right. And, um, you know, when it comes down to this, at the end of the day, my response to people when they say how young is too young, I say, that's up to you on what you want to do. But what I can tell you is there's something for everyone to do, no matter how old you are. There is something that, that, you know, even infants are going to get some sensory perception from this and whether it's a value to them, I don't know because I don't, I just don't understand biology to that degree, but I think you can see it in their faces. And if, if you're in the right spots and as a parent, you'll kind of know better, you know, the, as, as in our family, the first time as a family, we went actually was just my wife and I, and it was a honeymoon. 
right? And we were dirt poor. We had no money. We just got married. And and I took my wife to Southern California to meet some of my family. This is a few months after we got married, but that was basically when we had our honeymoon. And we went to Disneyland. And, um, you know, that was the first time as a family that we went together. It was many years from then until we were finally able to go again because it takes it is an ex, it's not a cheap trip. Right. Right. And so the next time we went, we had four sons, but our youngest was two at the time. And and I I still remember we've got the pictures. We've got some video of it, of him meeting Mickey and Minnie and just just the magic that kind of happens there. And whether he remembers that, I don't think he does. You know, maybe he does. I don't know. He never talks about it. But um, <laughs> but I do. And, and I look back on the pictures and I can remember so clearly that day and what it was like and the things that we were able to do. I remember pushing strollers through the park, you know, sometimes a double stroller. And then and then we upgraded to a sit stand stroller. Right. Because one child started to get a little bit bigger. And and then I remember when all of a sudden we didn't have to have a stroller. Oh, that's but the instead we had ever. a leash. <laughs> that is the greatest. <laughs> right? day when you lose the stroller, that's a great. Day it really is. It really yeah. is. So I think I think it's 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 you're going to know. What works for you? And again, going back to it, if you set your expectations the right way, it doesn't matter. It'll all work out. Yeah. And, you know, and you talking about looking back on the pictures, which we all do, that brings up another point that I've thought of, and that's when to take pictures and when to not take pictures. Now, hear me out. I am all for taking a thousand pictures at Disney World or Disneyland. I am all for taking hours and hours of video on your vacation. But in my humble experiences, there are certain times when you need to put the phone down, when you need to soak in the surroundings, soak in what your eyes are witnessing, what your ears are hearing. And we talked about this on a previous episode. One of those places is the Happily Ever Fireworks, where you were in front of the castle and you were watching the fireworks, laser projections all around you. There's music all around you. And you see people with their phones above their head yeah. trying to get the best video. And you see hundreds and, and hundreds, you see hundreds of phones and you're like, you right know in what? front of you. There are plenty of 8K videos on YouTube yeah. of the show. Way better than anything go you're going to capture. Go on find one of those. <laughs> and in that moment, and Dak, you had a story about this a few episodes ago. Yeah. In that moment, look around you. Look at your kids' faces. Look at your spouse's faces. Look at other people's faces. Listen to the music. And just put your phone down. You know what? Yeah, get a few pictures, get some video. That's that's fine. But enjoy the moment because, you know, when you see people and their tears are coming down their face because they're witnessing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. your, like your experience, Dak, where a daddy was holding his daughter, just looking at the fireworks and looking at the castle. And you're like, well, I got to I got to get video of this because this is amazing. Like those are the times when you just you got to think about what's more important, you know trying to get, you know, video so I can post this on YouTube or soaking this in and really just enjoying being in this moment. Yeah. So I, I would say that's our our tip number, whatever we're going to call this, right? But, you know, live in the moment. So there's so many situations at, at when you're at the parks where, you know, you're worried about where you're going to go to eat or where where you're going to go or you know what ride you're trying to get on next it's like just take a minute to live in the moment live in a moment and enjoy that experience that you're having with your family member or person that you're with right like don't be so concerned about you know i'll give you a quick quick story is like Again, going back to this hurricane trip, just a lot of lessons I learned on this. And I don't know if this is a advice or, or a regret, but, you know, so we're staying at the Art of Animation Hotel. And if you've ever stayed there, there's, there's you know, all different. It's a very character-heavy themed hotel. And we happen to be staying at the Little Mermaid Rooms. And all my girls wanted to do was go out into the courtyard and take pictures of them with Ariel and them with these fish that were doing a little conga dance and they they got in line with the fish and which and I'm like let's go let's go to the park let's go like and in my mind I'm thinking I know better I know you're gonna have more fun at the park 
than you will taking this dumb picture with these, you know, statues and but in their minds that was the fun, yeah. right? And so this is just a just a advice or whatever I would give is live in that moment. To them, that was the vacation. That was the moment that they wanted to be in, and that's where they were having the most fun. So I think what you're saying is be flexible. Yeah, yeah. Be absolutely. willing to go off script a little bit. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. It's like, and be willing to let them have their moments too. Your family, your kids, whatever, right? Like <laughs> if you're not into the band, but the band is coming down the street and they're just in awe, savor that moment. Like they're building their core memory right now. Yeah, if you don't so, want to go see Country Bears, but your kids do. <laughs> oh you know what? You, you cut me deep there. <laughs> No, but that's a good point, right? Like, okay, dads, like, let's be real. Going and seeing Anna and Elsa is probably not at the top of your list. But this is a time where you make that sacrifice. Go stand in that line so that your daughter or whoever can meet Anna and Elsa for the first time and let them have that memory. Let them have that experience. I promise you it's going to be a great. And you'll regret it because I do. I regret now, they don't even remember this, right? But I do. And one of my biggest regrets is that I got mad at my girls on the vacation because they didn't didn't want to do what I wanted to do. They wanted to stop and take pictures mm-hmm. with these fish statues yeah. and a conga dance. You know, I have had two very, very clear memories pop into my mind while you were talking about this, right? One of them involves me and my family and one of them doesn't directly okay um so i'm gonna start with the one that doesn't it was interesting about uh i guess it was not too long ago about a year ago we went on an adult's trip um for for my wife's birthday and as we were walking from the hub the hub is this central place in magic kingdom right in front of the castle and it, it's like a it's like a it's like a a wagon wheel. There's spokes that kind of fall off and they go to different lands, right? So as we were walking through the hub into Frontierland, you go across what basically looks like a bridge surrounding the moat in front of Cinderella Castle. And as we're walking across this bridge, there is a there's a mom there, and she's got two sons, and I would say maybe one is very early teens, 12, 13 kind of thing. And the other one's maybe nine or 10 and she's in full meltdown mode. And these boys, <laughs> these boys are basically standing at the bridge, looking out over into the moat while, while mom's having a meltdown. And these are the, and this is what she said. She said, we are not going to be those people on YouTube. <laughs> right. I mean, the irony of course being, this is I'm like, who's got the camera out? Like, this has got to, someone's capturing this right now. She's having that. And I don't know, you know, she was, she was upset because obviously her boys had done something that she felt was embarrassing her or was wrong or whatever it was going to be. But what I noticed there was I noticed someone who had a lack of emotional agility to be able to do exactly what you're talking about, Dak, pivot to whatever's going on in the moment. I don't know if these kids were throwing rocks into the moat or they were chasing ducks or whatever they were doing. Right. But watching them kind of demurred, you know, shrunk down on this bridge, kind of just taking mom's barbs there. I thought, okay, this is, this isn't anything new for them either. Um, Let your kids live. Let the adults live, like kind of go with it. Don't do anything that's, that's against the rules or illegal. I'm not definitely not advocating that. Right. And I, and I'm not saying that you cannot, um, you know, effectively discipline your children if they're not doing what they're supposed to. But at the same time, what I witnessed there really told me, okay, there's not a lot of flexibility in this trip here. Okay. And I have learned that. So that's what brought memory number two. My youngest son, who is just like me when it comes to what he wants to do at the park, he wants to go from thrill attraction to thrill attraction, nonstop, like boom, 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 there's not a second to waste. And the way he most effectively does that is he likes to go completely from one end of the park to the other end of the park. I want to go from Big Thunder Mountain to Space Mountain. Let's go back to Big Thunder Mountain. Like you're going back and forth and back and forth. 
And I remember there have been times where, where early on I was like, I'm not doing that. No, next we're going to go to Haunted Mansion. And then after that, we're going to hit Small World. Like, we're going to do this methodical mm-hmm. and use some logic and some reason to this. And the kid did not want to do that. He was like, no, I don't care about Haunted Mansion. I don't care about the riverboat. I don't care about any of this stuff. I want to go ride the next big thing. And we have – we – my wife and I, we have grown up where now we're like, okay, fine. We're going to go cross the park, right? Maybe we don't do all this stuff in the middle because what are we really here to do? We're here to to make an impact, have lasting memories with our children. And if the last thing I do is help my youngest son remember that mom and dad were willing to cross the park and zigzag when he's taking his kids in 30 years, okay? And he's like, hey, remember how my mom and dad used to do that? Boy, that's all worth it. Makes the whole thing worth it. Yeah. Tell you what, you know, we have. No, go ahead. We, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Dad I gave you a look. That like. gave me a look like. Anyway, um, you know, I think we have scratched the surface with this topic. I think all of us came here with a lot more experiences and, and questions that we often get from people. This was just scratching the surface. I think that we could probably do two or three more episodes like this that really give some advice, some tips on kind of this theme of managing expectations and, you know, planning ahead and prepping in a way that allows you to create these, these core memories. And we don't want to go for two hours yeah. <laughs> with this, with this episode. So we'll have to put a, I think we'll have to put a pin in this and come back to it. Yeah. Why don't we take one more round? Let's just do one more round, Robin. If we could give one more piece of advice uh, as we kind of go around the, the table here, maybe one last piece of advice from each of us that just says, Hey, do this. I mean, let's keep it to like two, three minute breakdown, but what would it be for you, Ryan? What would be like one parting piece of advice as, as we're going to the parks or. Oh, um, I think probably at this point is to know the, my Disney experience app. That is a, as much as I say, put the phone down, you can't in a lot of ways like you have <laughs> like that is that is that is the best way to operate yourself around the park. If you're not familiar with the layout, show times, wait times, that app is a gives you all the information you need. So knowing the app before you get to the parks will help you immensely mm-hmm. navigate and just have a better experience. I agree. Awesome. Randy? You know, one of the things that I have learned is that it's okay to ask. Don't and don't be afraid to ask. And when I say that, like I'm not putting any sort of guardrails on what the question is. Like whatever, ask whatever. We have had some really, really magical moments where we were in a situation and uh, it just didn't look like it was possible. For instance, I remember one time we had um, a lightning lane to get on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And but the the return time, because it was a virtual queue at the time, the return time for it was going to be basically the time we needed to leave the park to go to the airport. So four hours early, while it's raining outside, my wife goes up to ask the cast member and says, hey, here's the situation. Do you think we can get in? And he kind of looked around. He was a Frenchman, by the way, because, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is an Epcot and, and we're over in France. But he was he looked he like, nah, OK, they have that power. Yeah. All right. If you don't ask, you'll never know. And I remember as the six of us are going through the line scanning our stuff, you know, you scan your band and it lights up blue instead of green and then they have to override it. I remember the cast member next to me was like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, nah, they're cool. <laughs> nice. Like, don't don't be afraid to ask. You it. know what what the what came of that later on is my oldest son, when we went on this trip in July, you know, we wanted he he really wanted to go and try ride Tron again. It, there's only two ways to get into Tron. You get a virtual queue or you buy your way on. You cannot do it more than twice a day. That's basically the rule. And he knows that. And he said, I don't care. I'm going to go ask. Tell you what, you you see someone grow up a lot when at 17, they're not afraid to go up and ask yeah. a cast member if that cast member will be willing to break the rules for them. Right? <laughs> and by the way, that was one where we didn't get on because they're like, look, kid, there's no way for that. But he was willing to do it. And I was like so proud as a dad to learn that you're going to see things when you go on your trip and you're not going to know what it is. 
You're not going to know what its function is. You're not going to know how it's going to work. Just don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Ask some questions. These cast members are so incredibly gracious oh, and yeah. willing to help and do stuff. You'll be surprised sometimes about how magical it gets. Another time, and I'm already going over, but another time I remember we're trying to leave the park and and number three son had his he had his heart set on this on this um this rocket ship that you could buy in the Tomorrowland or the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company, okay? Mm-hmm. It's the gift shop right outside of Space Mountain. And it's getting late and the park's gonna close pretty soon. They'd already closed that part down. And and I remember my wife walking over there with him. And he's ready to go in, but the doors are locked and they're like, oh no. And and here it is. You're like, oh, I failed my kid. We should have gotten here sooner. Here comes a cast member. Hey, what, do, what are you guys doing? What are you looking for? And she tells him, she's like, you know, he really wanted to get this particular rocket. And the cast member says, oh, okay. Which one is it? And kind of asks some questions. And then he disappears. Next thing he comes out and he gives him the rocket. <laughs> okay. Straight up gives it to him. This was like 70 bucks, by the way. Okay. If you just will take some time and space to have conversations and ask questions and be kind, because that's, I think, yeah. the biggest yeah, part of that. Component. You, you will be amazed at how things are. And I'm not promising you they're just going to start giving stuff away. But I've got so many stories like that where if you just ask Great things happen, and the memories that we've created as a result of that are awesome. Cast members are are just wonderfully trained. They're, they they do like you said they they do such an amazing job. They 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 get it. Yeah, they understand the assignment. You yep. are part of the story. You're making these memories magical for these families. Yep, uh, um, those, those are great stories. So my my last final piece of advice is you know as you're going out, whatever it is, we didn't even get into like adult trips or you know, a couple trips or anything like that. Uh, but I actually polled each of my daughters and my wife, you know, individually away from the other one so that they couldn't influence the other answer. <laughs> and what's interesting to me is every single one of them talked about a moment where there was this one-on-one time, one-on-one time with a cousin, one-on-one time with mom or dad, one-on-one time with the three other sisters it was like etched in their minds this memory of this one-on-one moment. Some were in the parks, some were not in the parks, right? It was just on this vacation where they had an opportunity, and I would say this about some of our guys' trips. We were talking about this before the show. Is like there's just so many unique opportunities to get to spend time with someone one-on-one in a conversation or in a moment that – for whatever reason, the world just doesn't allow to take place, right? You're busy with work, you're busy with responsibilities, you're busy with whatever, and now all of a sudden, you're in this environment where that moment or that conversation can take place, and it's just so awesome. And so that that would be my advice is, you know, as you're planning these vacations and you, there's a lot of logistics to it, somehow try to figure out, you know, I take my son, can I take my daughter, can I take my spouse, and we go grab a, you know, a donut together at a shop or whatever, or, you know, just spend that one-on-one time with someone while you're there at the parks, and I promise you it's going to pay you back in an amazing memory and a wonderful experience. So that's, that would be my, you know, I love that, and so just one final thought for me on that, on that particular topic, is you know what, we talk about we hear from people like, oh, the lines are so long. You know what? They can be long, but to your point, Dak, those are great opportunities. If you can look at that long line and say, hey, I got 45 minutes to talk to my family. I have 45 minutes to talk to my son or my daughter or my spouse. Where the the, the stresses of the world aren't bearing down on you like they are at home, you're in this bubble, this magical bubble that you get to be a part of. And taking that time to be with your kids and to be with your spouse and talk to them Amazing memories. Awesome. So speaking of magical, we have reached the end of our podcast. So that means we get to do a magical scenario. Time for the magical scenario. All right. We need Yeah, I was going to say, we need a theme song or something for these magical scenarios. Some sort of like... I just gave a theme. Yeah, there you go. All right. I think I'm up, right? Yeah. My turn. Okay. So been thinking about this. And here's here's my thought. So 
the magical scenario is you have one day to be in the parks. That's it. The day trip. Uh, again, forget all the logistics, but let's just say you got one day at the parks. So let's say, let's choose what park are you going to? What two rides are you going to go on? And what is one place you are going to eat or snack you're going to have while you're there at the parks? And I'm going to put a twist. We didn't add this in our conversation earlier, but I'm going to say you can choose Disney World, Disneyland. Can we park hop? No. You are are at that park. I don't want to participate. So this this is what makes the challenge is not every park has your favorite restaurant along with your favorite ride, so you have to choose... You know, you got one day at the parks. Where are you going? Two rides you are your must-do rides and one must-eat. I don't. I don't want to go first. <laughs> I just. I'm just telling. Okay, you. so I'll go first because I know I'm going to Disney Disneyland. So actually, I'm going to uh, Disney's California Adventure. That is my one park. If you said you could go right now, leave today. Head out to California, I would I would absolutely do it. So I'm going to California Adventure, and my rides that I'm going to ride out there is uh, Soren, California, Soren over California. So it's the Soren ride, over, only it's themed to California. And my second ride that I will do is Radiator Springs Racers. Good tech. Good, love, good, good pick, love, good love, love that ride. And then my one place to eat, now this isn't really like a sit-down meal, but they have a shake, like ice cream shake place there called Schmoozies. Oh, Schmoozies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. So good. Like, I don't know. what. Like, they must lace those with, like, some addictive drug. When we went last year, remember I was addicted to that blood orange shake. Yeah, oh, that's right. Get there, and I, and, you know. And by the way, it was a terrible experience because I couldn't figure out how to get the mobile ordering queue moving along. Right, right, but, oh my right. gosh, you're telling me this, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go like right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. Uh, California Adventure, Radio Springs, Soren, and Schmoozies. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Cool. You know, I'll tell you what, I feel like a little bit of a sellout because it's like I feel like it's like this is all I ever talk about. But you know what? I'm actually gonna go to Epcot. I'm gonna go to Epcot. Um, because my favorite roller coaster of all time, and guys, this was really hard for me to do, but my favorite, it's Gardens of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I just I just go over and over and over again. That's the first ride I'm going to do. And then the second ride I'm going to do, you ready for it? I'm going to ride Frozen Ever After. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And... uh and and then I'm going to go have some pizza at Vianopoli. But <laughs> nice. But I just, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, if I could do it, if I only had one day, what would the biggest priorities for me be? I mean, I could pick little things out of these other parks too, but I'm like, I, I'd be absolutely content. This would be worth flying out at five in the morning Houston time and flying back at 11 o'clock Florida time in the evening just to do these four things. Nice. Oh, I love it. Love it. So here's my dilemma. I'm hungry. Yeah. Vianopoli is my favorite restaurant there yeah. at Disney World. But my favorite attraction is not in Epcot. So I probably am going to go to Hollywood Studios. going to ride Tower of Terror. Yeah. Because that's my favorite attraction. Mm-hmm. I am going to do... Toy Story Mania. Oh, okay. 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 Because I just am. <laughs> I like I like the video game aspect of it. I like competing with myself and against others. And then if I'm at Hollywood Studios, I'm probably going to eat at Sci-Fi. Yep. I tell you what, I was so close to doing exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Tower of Terror was right there with me. I would have probably done Millennium Falcon. Yeah, because well, I mean, again, the video game aspect—that's that, what that's yep. what got me. But but I was like, ah, oh, but pizza and guardians. I know that's uh, that's a you, tough combination. So this was to hard. This was a hard scenario. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's magical. Hard scenario. Wow, that's a good one, Deck. Awesome. Made us think on that one. Yeah. 
Well, listen, everyone, uh, give us a like and a follow. Uh, we're on all your social media outlets. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all those big ones. And then give us a review. Uh, good chance as got uh, D. Evans heard today. We'll, we'll read your review online. And, uh, you know, tell your friends and family about us. We'd love to have them listen in as well. Thank you, guys. Bye.